Westford on Sport on Today FM. With Carlsberg, official beer partner of the FAI. Probably the best partnership in the world. Get the facts, be drink aware, visit drinkaware.ie. Almost with a heavy heart, we go to talk about another Rugby World Cup semi-final weekend without Ireland. After our narrow defeat against New Zealand last weekend, it's the All Blacks playing Argentina at 8 o'clock tonight. And then tomorrow evening, we have England against South Africa. We've Brent Pope with us, but to start Liam Toland, as some people have been pointing out, England are the only undefeated team left in this World Cup. I was in Cork this morning doing an event with Ron Nogara, and he was saying that all lot you could suggest South Africa are the better team but England have this thing in World Cups about pulling out one big performance that they know how to win World Cup games they couldn't do it could they they couldn't actually get to a World Cup final England could they Liam well it's an it's an awful it's an awkward one for South Africa and I think uh, we spoke in the last few weeks Matt about emotional energy emotional intelligence um, and the emotions and South Africa have come through three Big, big game. Scotland, obviously Ireland, and, and last weekend was massive. Whereas England have kind of coasted their way through, played played pretty awful turgent rugby in comparison to the benchmark that was set last weekend. But there's an awful lot about what England do that's going to be troubling to, to South Africa. The England line-out is far better than Ireland's line-out. Uh, the line-out mall, all the kind of the, the tick-boxing exercise stuff England are very, very good at. Their work around the breakdown is certainly very good. And Bartwick, for all he's moaning, and I don't buy buy into his moaning, but he's picked some interesting players to start the the fixture, um, which I think will test South Africa. But the bottom Sorry, line what here are, is... What are the interesting selections? Is it going back to Freddie Stewart at full back to deal with an anticipated South African bombardment? What about the changes he's made in the pack? Yeah, well, the pack is the obvious ones. Joe Marler at Loose said, uh, a character of the game without doubt. Um, I'm sure he has been sent in to do a particular job at the at the scrum. Uh, and we saw how an Irish dominated scrum or an Irish, a stronger scrum from Ireland were a bit naive in how they played the referee and played New Zealand last weekend. I think uh, Borthwick and the English players have picked up an awful lot of lessons about how, how Ireland should have maximised their scrum. And I think the, the South Africans would expect that. But Joe Marler is that. I think behind him at George Martin. George Martin is about 19 stone, the second row, in with, in with uh, obviously, Courtney Laws at six and Etoji at four. He's a big unit as well. And you mentioned full back. Like, we don't know with, with the head um, assessment uh, of the young Smith that, that would he have been picked highly unlikely would he be in the starting 23 I'd say unlikely as well but Freddie Stewart is is like South Africa maximised their cross field kicking will they have a slightly different game plan of course they will because the, the, the challenges England present are different but I think England are fresh England are pretty awful to watch but they do an awful lot of really good stuff that will worry the Springboks but yet, Brent Pope, South Africa would look to have not just the stronger 15 going on the pitch, but also an excellent bench, tremendous players to be able to introduce. And that Razzie Erasmus does introduce from as early as about five or ten minutes into the second half. No, I'd agree with Lean there that effect, the only thing that I can think of that would unsurp South Africa is, I suppose if they're just a bit fatigued. Yes, they've had a tougher run through and it's all very well for England to say a bit like what Warren, Warren Gatlin was saying before Wales, like we've overachieved, we've got to a quarter final, maybe a semi-final, but they've had a pretty easy route courtesy of a, of a poor draw four years ago. But that being taken, I think that England will cause South Africa a few problems in the kind of set-piece areas, but I think that 
South Africa have too much ammunition in the back line. I think you're looking at an old English back line, still trying to run out the likes of Tuolangi and, and, the, and the wingers. I mean, Johnny May was out of the picture and then back into the picture. So Borthwick has played with a lot of, I suppose, loyalty card here, but it's basically the same side there or thereabouts that played South Africa last time. I just think South Africa have a better way of sort of punching through these quarterfinals, semifinals. Remember in 2019, they lost the first match to the All Blacks. They regathered a bit like they did after Ireland, and they've come back stronger. And you make a point, their bench is probably the most powerful in world rugby. Bring them on after half time and can change the game completely. Because at the moment with Leboc there running the back line, different type of player to Pollard. So South Africa can play it two ways. They've got the more exciting back three. They've got the better attacking back line. They've got a strong defence. So I think it's South Africa. I can't see England beating South Africa now. You know, I couldn't have seen uh, Portugal beating Fiji either. But That's a different thing entirely though, isn't it? (laughs) Well, it isn't. It is in a way and it isn't. Because, I mean, you know, what happened to Ireland last week is a kind of a under the microscope. I mean, who would have thought a few years ago that Japan would beat South Africa? So any any team is capable of beating a team on any given day. That's the wonderful thing about World Cups. But, I mean, I just don't think this English team is at the level that they'll really test South Africa over 80 minutes. I think that South Africa will win, like I think New Zealand will win, reasonably comfortably. And I think We'll get to that in a second, Brent. But just back on England-South Africa, Liam, of course, it's the World Cup final four years ago. England to come in on the back of thumping New Zealand were really expecting that they could beat South Africa and then they got done. And yet there's a lot of people saying this South African team is way better than four years ago. It's a much var- more varied team. It has a lot more about it. Well, two things you could, I, I would build on what you're saying there, Matt. Uh, England have gone one way and Springboks have gone another way. The, the divide has definitely grown. I was at both games. I was at the semi-final and final in 2019 and I was amazed and just just in wonder and awe of how they did to the All Blacks. The scrum really hurt England. Uh, I can't remember the exact times of when they lost players and lost props in the English front row, but the scrum was a monumental game changer. And I think if there's anything we've learned in this World Cup, being regaled by all the brilliance, scrummaging is still an integral part of our game. And I think, again, going back to Borthwick, selecting Joe Marler, uh, Dan Cole, obviously, these guys are, are long and the two players not many games left them at this level, but the scrum becomes really, really important. I think Springboks have got much, much better and they've shown us that they can play a very different game when it comes to it. And what's really important, building on what uh, Popey was just saying there, Willie LaRue, uh, Pollard and Clerk, those three guys can come and completely change the face of how the Springboks are playing. So uh, it's going to be an awful thing. I, like from a, Northern Hemisphere guy, I'd love England to, to get through, but the Romantic would like to see uh, the Springboks play the All Blacks in the final. And I think the expectation is that that, is, that will happen. But Brent Pope, England, in retrospect, they say that they just found it difficult like four years ago to get down from the heights of beating New Zealand in the semi-final and be ready mentally for the final. I mean, could it be that New Zealand were stretched so much last week in the game against Ireland, particularly that absolutely extraordinary tackle count. And given that they won't really rate Argentina as been serious challengers, that in a strange way, they might be a little bit vulnerable. 
Yes, of course. The same way that Ireland were a little bit vulnerable in that sense that, you know, regardless of what you say, I mean, even when I was on your programme a, a few weeks ago, regardless of what you say, most people felt that Ireland would win that match. And that gave New Zealand a bit of a pressure valve that they could let off a bit of pressure. They had domestic problems at home about their coach and, and captain, and they had so many motivational tools at their disposal against Ireland. Pay them back for the for the, the series defeat last year, two years ago. Also, the fact is they wanted to get one over them. They were the number one ranked side. New Zealand have hardly ever gone into a World Cup not being the number one ranked side, and for the last two World Cups, they haven't been. So, in fact, they were underdogs, and they liked that. So, yes, of course, if they haven't got their, their head right about this match, you know, they could if they take Argentina too lightly, as proved in Christchurch a couple of years ago in 2020 and 2021, they could lose this match. I just don't think that same mentality applies to New Zealand because their journey. You see, their journey into this World Cup was a was a poor performance against South Africa that really gave them a timely kick up the rear where they got hockeyed there in Twickenham. It was a friendly. Then they came into the game, first game and they lost to France. So suddenly people weren't talking about them. They weren't in the top. They weren't in the top three. There was France, Ireland, and uh, and South Africa. Of course, that's changed now, and now they go into this game as favourites. I just don't think Argentina, a bit like England. I just don't think, despite playing well, I think they will tonight. I just don't think that they probably think. Okay, they made another semi final, and that's great. And I know Michael Cech will be trying to gear them up, but I just don't think they have the personnel to trouble the All Blacks. Really, I think you know for the first half maybe. A bit, some big scrummages. They just don't have the backline attack, I think, at the moment. To uh, I'm not saying that, that the score will be a runaway, but I think that New Zealand will either New Zealand will either lose or they'll win by 15 points. That's it away. Liam, Argentina have improved since a dreadful performance against England in the opener, but have they shown enough improvement to suggest they can trouble New Zealand? In a short answer, no. Um, and I'm I'm digging here to try and find reasons why they might trouble uh, the All Blacks. Their lineout is is uh, is pretty strong. It's number three in the tournament thus far. Just a reminder: Ireland's is number thirteen in the tournament, so Argentina's lineout is good. Their tackle count—you mentioned it there. Uh, they're number seventeen out of twenty, so they've made four hundred eighty-three tackles. So they should be a bit fresher. But when you watch them, a little like Australia, who are a couple of levels below them again it's really hard as I'm sitting there watching them to try and understand what they're trying to do um, to try and understand the shape to try and understand the style whereas in preparation for the Ireland-New Zealand game you we knew because we talked about it Matt last week about the type of game New Zealand would bring it's very difficult to articulate that regarding uh, Argentina. Much easier England, much easier the Springboks and New Zealand. I just don't think they're good enough. Um, and to get to a semi-final, considering all the challenge they have, and kind of a, a word, uh, you know, we think of the great Johnny Sexton, but on the bench you've got Augustin Creevy, who's also 38 and has travelled the world his entire career playing rugby. What an in- incredible, incredible um, servant to our game he has been. But I just don't see them getting there. OK, one last one to you, Brent Pope. I mean, a week on now... I get the impression that a lot of more Irish fans are becoming a little bit more despondent almost about the great missed opportunity last weekend. And did Ireland blow it last weekend? Uh, <laughs> you know, it's, it's probably you'd ask them. And if you asked them, they would say yes. I, you know, I know a lot of talk from New Zealand saying that Ireland have missed their chances for a, a long time now and it's the end of a generation of some players. I think Ireland have enough 
if you look at the age bracket of some of these young players, McCarthy, you know, Ryan will still be around, Van der Fleer, Doris. If you look at the core of this team, I think they'll recover. It'll take a while. Uh, next Six Nations will be interesting. I think they can recover and learn from this for the next World Cup because they're not the only team that's gone through that. Remember, I was involved in New Zealand 1987, and if you'd said to me it would be another 25 years before they'd win another World Cup, yeah. you could have eaten your hat. But that's the stage. I think that they just got overawed. I know people disagree with me, but I think they got overawed with the whole pressure. And I was watching an interesting documentary with Terry Doucetois, the great um, French captain, and Richard okay. McCaw, and they both said that the past will always come back to haunt you in some games. And I think Ireland didn't start that game well, and they were playing catch-up, and the pressure got to them at the end of the day. French Paul Plume Tolland, thank you. The last word on sport on Today FM. With Carlsberg, official beer partner of the FAI. Probably the best partnership in the world. Get the facts, be drink aware, visit drinkaware.ie.